Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. It's Friday here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. You know the drill by now. We're going to give you our best and worst takes of the week. We're also going to crown a brand new Richard of the week if if Pat could uh, get rid of his allergies over there. Um, and then, um, Pat, <clears throat> I just want to do this off the top. Um, anything that we say on the show or topic that we seem to discuss on the show um, that is in any way, how shall we say this, um, timely? tends to change within an hour of this show being released. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, let's get in to some critical thinking. Like I said, I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. Follow me at The Coppins Show, him at The Pat Oni Show. You know the drill by now. You can watch us on Rumble every single Monday through Friday. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking make sure you hit that subscribe button join rate review yes mr patoni when, when you said timely were you referring to how my allergies always seem to be timely when it comes to the start of the show correct correct it's like you're allergic to this show or something i think i'm actually allergic to you we're not in the so same that, room bro hey people don't know that <clears throat> you're in utah and i'm in chicago everybody the tens of people who watch this show and listen to it every single day. That's probably true. You're probably right. They probably know. Um, Still the, to you, though. There's also the, the, this background thingy that's behind yeah. us, Pat, that, yeah. that kind of yeah. gives yeah. it away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not smart. Shut up. I had to. It's a Friday. But no, I am talking about uh, the timely topic yesterday of Elon Musk, Twitter, and the last bastion of freedom. Because literally within an hour of this show um, going to me hitting the publish button on the podcast and, and getting the uh, video version of the show together, what ends up happening? What is the woman uh, is uh, throttled is 
visibility restricted um and Jeremy Boring, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, everybody at the Daily Wire goes absolutely ape crap on Twitter. And rightfully so, by the way, in my opinion. But I will just say this, because we have a lot to get into in today's program. I'm just going to say this, Pat. I'm about giving people grace when it is deserved. Right? I'm about giving a benefit of the doubt when it's deserved. I'm also about trust and verify, correct? Yes. Okay. All of those things, but yep. yes. All of those things combined, I am all about. <clears throat> when it comes to what's been going on with Twitter, I'm going to give Elon Musk grace for two reasons. Number one, nobody knows how hard it is to root out corruption, root out wokeism, root out bureaucracy and figuring out who is there for the right reasons, who is there for just a paycheck or who is there for nefarious reasons. And that doesn't happen over time, overnight, Pat. That happens over a long period of time. And so, number one, that's a reality. And number two, I look at Elon Musk and his ownership of Twitter, and I ask myself a very simple question. Has he or has he not attempted to do his level best to make Twitter a more um, equitable in terms of its treatment of both sides of an issue? I would say yes. I would say he has leaned on the side of more speech than less speech, by and large, in the totality of everything. However, what happened yesterday with what is a woman and um, the Daily Wire entering into a contract, right? A signed agreement with Twitter to go ahead and air what is a woman on its platform. Free of charge, right? And then what Twitter employees, apparently rogue decided to do about it shows you just how far Elon Musk has to go and how deeply rooted ideology over job has become in our corporate society. I will give Elon Musk credit for this. When something is going wrong, when there's a problem, when there's a a perceived grievance, whether real or unreal, right? He's done a good job of taking it head on, maybe admitting a mistake, right? And then attempting to work within the channels that are needed to correct said mistake. But he can't be everywhere all the time, knowing everybody and their deep, deep, dark, rooted interests, right? That's, that's an impossibility. So I'm going to give Elon Musk grace. However, I want to trust and verify going forward because what happened to the Daily Wire with what is a woman, it's throttling, right? It's visibility situation should never have happened because there is no misgendering policy anymore. That's gone. And Elon Musk has his opinion on, on using pronouns and Jeremy Boring, myself, and others have our opinions on using pronouns and whether it's respect or not, 
or whatever, right? Agree to disagree, but Elon Musk noted that you should be able to speak as you wish. And we can see action yesterday, right, Pat? Yes. Even when it did get visibility restricted like they warned it would. What action happened? Not one but two people are gone from the team in which this decision would have come down from. It appears that individuals are acting on their own individual wishes and wants. And what did Elon Musk do? I don't know the inner workings of conversations, obviously, nor do you, right, Pat? Right. But it's very clear that by the time Elon Musk figured out and got a hold of what was going on in all of his world travels and all of his schedule um, over in Asia at this point, that there's no coincidence between him figuring this out and finding out about it and these people suddenly and abruptly resigning their positions. It literally happened an hour after Elon Musk tweeted out that that it was a mistake by one or two or a team of employees. And then we find out a second person ends up getting fired last night because that somebody manually had to target that specific video, tweet, those people, right? That is not just a a robotic code situation like some people believed it was going to be. Is it possible that code would pick it up, right, and flag it for a human to take a look at? Probably, right? That That's probably part of the archaic code that exists within Twitter. But he's physically had possession of Twitter since, what, only October of last year, less than a year ago? I was going to say, I can't remember exactly I think what it's month November, he, maybe even yeah. October, November, whatever. It's yeah. not even 10 months, not even a full year. Such is the nature of what's been going on there. Is there work that Twitter must do and Elon Musk do, must do to continue down that path of that bastion of freedom that he wants it to be? Absolutely. So for those who are, oh, Twitter, Twitter, no, we can't. Uh, see, they're not really all about freedom. Slow your roll. Nobody's going to be perfect. Nobody is going to get it right 100% of the time. And what we have seen from Elon Musk is that he personally has erred on the side of freedom and free speech over censorship. But the trust but verify part of this is look whom he's hiring, look at the changes that do or don't get made, and whom is or isn't being targeted. You know, we have... I should say I, not we, Pat, because we have not discussed this. But I have thought about, do we put the show on Twitter to get more visibility behind it? Do What do we do to increase our visibility? And given the free thought that we generally have here on this program, I wonder if we would end up being throttled, if our accounts would be suspended. What does that do to the ability for us to be able to get this show out to the people who want to get it out to? At the same point in time, Pat, is it worth paying the the Twitter blue access so that you can 
do that? That's the question. And that's the hesitation and the trust but verify part, right? Like, here's the issue, Elon. You want your revenues to grow. But for shows like ourselves, Shannon Joy, right? Um, you know, somebody that I follow and enjoy listening to or watching um, because she brings heavy topics and hard-hitting topics and really interesting guests. I don't always have to agree, but at least it's interesting. Her show, um, the archives of that show have been throttled and uh, taken down. What, what the hell's going on? And that's where Elon needs to speak. That's when Elon needs to let everybody know, hey, here's what took place. Here's how we're correcting it. We'll see if that happens. And more importantly, there's a new CEO in place, right? Isn't uh, she's about to take, take, take that right. position. Right. You are correct. Yeah. I think it's July 1st, yeah. is it? Somewhere around there. It's like June 15th or July 1st. Yeah. Yeah. It's somewhere in the next couple of weeks to a month away. But as we sit here on June 2nd, I'm hesitant to do that. I'm hesitant to become that creator that wants to put that out on that platform simply because I can't trust that it will consistently be available on the platform. So you need to, you need to show after the actions that your rogue or whatever employee base took with big shows, that little shows can also grow, right? You need to prove to us as to why we should invest in your platform. And frankly, over the last 24 hours, you failed. All right. So with all of that talk of, I can't believe the show, the entirety of the show almost that we did yesterday was worthless within an hour of us stopping recording. Yeah, Insane. that sucks. Yeah. However, that being said, Pat, it is a Friday. We have got our Richard of the Week coming up. But before we get into that, why don't we give our worst takes of the week? And do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first today. Okay, so this is Pat's worst take of the week. Yeah, well, you know, everybody wanted a vaccine at that time. And I was able to do something that nobody else could have done, getting it done very, very rapidly. But I never was for mandates. I was I thought the mandates were terrible. And, and, you know, there's a big portion of the country that thinks that was a great thing. You understand that not a lot of the people in this room, but there's a big but there is a big portion. Woosa, Pat. Woosa. Yeah. This is my worst take. For a very specific reason. Okay. We we've talked about donald trump and the jab and how he continues to push the jab even to this day right he continues to try to do to take credit for it look i can i can sit, sit here and say yeah he got a he got a uh jab out to us super fast in the in the wake of covid that's only impressive if it works that's only impressive if it's safe and effective, which we later found out it is not. 
if I'm the Trump campaign, and I and I, I know the Todd Erzins of the world will say, well, this is just Donald Trump. You know, he's not going to change and blah, blah, blah. And he's right. He's right. Mm-hmm. But to the Steve Daces of the world, what he should be doing is owning his crap. Why? Because maybe maybe people might respect him a little bit more, um, especially in this third go around. Well, technically fourth go around of him running for president, and fourth trying to 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 just sit here and say, "Well, I I, I did all this stuff and I got all this accomplished and blah blah blah." And no, no, you didn't. You didn't beat COVID. You didn't be you, you. If anything, you caused more problems with the jab. At the end of the day, and you still refuse to this day to own it. Stop with the narrative. Be mm-hmm. honest about it. Mm-hmm. T- take credit for where you did win, but take credit for where you lost and where you failed. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's how you're going to get the, the attention of voters like me. In this case, because I already seen what you did in your first term. I saw the good and the bad. I still haven't seen him own any of the bad. And, and that's because he never will, Pat. He, he, I know, and I know that. I know that. Because but that's what he should do. Because he said it himself. What do I have to apologize for? What do I have to uh, repent for? I've done nothing wrong in my life. He doesn't believe that anything that he's ever done is a mistake, is bad, is wrong, is you know punishable, right? He is the perfect embodiment of a human being in his own mind. That's myopic. That is sociopathic, right, in nature. Right. right. And it is the part of the it, it I heard this the other day, and I think this is great. How can you have gone from not voting for Trump in 2016 to voting for Trump in 2022, where a lot of us are now in questioning if he's the right thing to move forward, right? How do you square all of those three scenarios? It is simple as this. Policy versus personality. When I can get the policy without the personality. I'm going to choose the policy over the personality. Now, I don't agree with a lot of America first policy because I don't believe in nativism. I don't believe that that works. We have talked about the know nothings. We've talked about all of these other things. What I will say about this particular clip, Pat, is that people are missing. I agree with you. It's the worst. it, It is some of his worst from this week. And it is, I understand why you would pull this out as the worst, but there's something that people are not understanding. And it makes it the worst. And here's why. Because my question to you is very, very simple. Is Donald Trump or is not Donald Trump attempting to split the baby? He absolutely is attempting to do so. He is absolutely attempting to tell you, I wasn't for any mandates except for You put in positions of power everybody who wanted mandates, except for you never said to to Brian Kemp, great job, to Christy Nome, we love you, we're going to support you, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. No, 
And by the way, did you did you demand that the purse strings would be attached to no mandates? No. No, you didn't. You opened the floodgates to every state to get funding during COVID-19. Whether you agree or disagree with with that idea, if you were really anti-mandate, couldn't you have said, okay, so here's the deal. Just like we say, by the way, with highway funding to this very day, Pat, if you want, if you want federal highway money, if you want money to improve your highways from the federal government, what must happen? You must adhere to their speed limits. You must adhere to very specific things that the federal government is going to require of you. And by the way, if you don't do it, the federal government will yank its billions of dollars for your funding projects. If the federal government can do it for that, shouldn't we, as freedom-loving people, say this? Guess what? You don't get to mandate a damn thing anymore. We're going to give you the funding. If you, if we want to go down the road of federal funding of anything, we're going to give you the funds, but the funds are going to be tied to you not mandating vaccinations. We're going to give you funding to help you spread the word of, of vaccines or whatever, right? But it's going to be a personal choice going forward. We are not going to be in the business of mandating. And if you pull this mandating stuff in your state, we are pulling all of our funding. You will not get a dollar more from us. Did he do that? No. No. And then did you notice beyond that, Pat, right? The the talk of the mandates is that he also noticed there's a lot of people outside of this room who who don't agree with what you're saying. And while even if that is true, which I believe it to be true, right, there's probably about 48, maybe 51 percent of the people who have bought the the government lines hook, hook, line and sinker. He's attempting to 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 talk to that group and, and you guys are not worth my time and effort and money. Mind you, um, did you also, because like here, here you have someone in the audience asking this question, which bravo, by the way. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you also have people in that room that are MAGA forever that are eating this crap up that couldn't give two craps mm-hmm. about any of it. Mm-hmm. What you should be. Because, by the way, that same crowd. These were the same people that were complaining about a lot of the mandates and a lot of the things that happened over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have gotten these things. Well, that's because Trump is Trump is calculating for the general election rather than for the primary. He is looking at this and saying, I can't say that I made a mistake or that we may be rushed to judgment as to whether these would be safe, effective and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know. We've talked about the athletes situation, right? Where people are just randomly dropping, right? We saw it this past weekend in England, the uh, the English Football League Championship, which is uh, the division right below the Premier League, okay? Uh, they were in their playoff final, meaning the team that wins goes and gets promoted to the Premier League for the next year, okay? It is literally hundreds of millions of dollars at stake, right? It is one of the richest games in all of sports. There are hundreds of millions of dollars at stake over a, I think, three to five-year period, but still, that's still, it's like $231 million at stake. 
Wait, that's 231 million pounds. So that's almost 300 million American dollars at stake. That's a lot of effing money, right? It, whether yeah. that's spread over three or five years, don't matter. The, the point of the matter is this. A captain for Luton Town, one of the two teams involved, um, it's later on in the game and it's tied. And he just collapses on the field. It's a little warm, not overly warm. For England, it's like in the 70s. That's a little warm for this time of year. But I've been in England where it was in the upper 80s for an entire week in the first couple of weeks of May. Okay? When I went in 2015, that weather was insanely hot, even for this guy sitting in Chicago, having experienced that. You know, we get into the hundreds. We get into the 90s for multiple weeks, especially in August. And, oh, wait, we just got done with it being in the 90s two days ago. But anyway, just randomly goes down. Heat exhaustion? No. Nope. He's back up and, and running three days later with nobody talking. What the hell happened? If it was just heat exhaustion, wouldn't you just come out and say it? He went directly to the hospital, Pat. They had to do life-saving procedures on him. That doesn't happen from heat exhaustion, folks. Because if it was heat exhaustion, all you would have to do is cool the body down, right? And, yeah, you may have passed out, but you could... Easily revive that. So here we are, Pat, with all of this information and all this stuff happening in front of us. He is still doing the same thing. And his calculation is that he's going to win the people who loved Operation Warp Speed. I have a very simple question to the MAGA Forever people, to the people. Here it is. Do you think that he cares about you? Look at January 6th. Now that he's on the main stage, right? Now that he's there. Now? Now he's talking about it. But when it came time to really fund these people, to really defend them, to really help them, did he do anything? No. He took your money. And filled his own coffers with it. Not a dime of it went anywhere near their defense. You mean to tell me the ex-president, the former president of the United States of America, couldn't have said, hey, you, I, uh, here's what I'm going to do for, for all of you. Whether you are rightly or wrongly going to be convicted. Or hopefully not be convicted. I am going to put together the best team of lawyers that we can so that each of you gets the proper defense instead of public defender after public defender after public defender being steamrolled in a D.C. federal court, which is exactly what has been going on. Has he done anything for you? No, he has not. He doesn't care about you. His calculation is about the, he believes that he can get the other, meaning I can grab that, that independent Kirsten Cinema Democrat no, you ain't. It is an absolute miscalculation. 
It's not about pandering to your base. It's an absolute miscalculation over whom would flip to voting for you that might not vote for you right now. Well, and to your point, I agree with you that he's thinking about the general election. He's not even thinking about the primary at this point because he thinks he's got it in the bag, right? Right. It's why you he's going the route know. that he's going on true social, right? Every mm-hmm. ten, every second that Ron DeSantis speaks, within 10 minutes, Donald Trump is out there attempting to flippantly you know, mock him or make fun of him. You do that when you think you've got it in the bag, right? You do that when you think that nobody's going to p- care uh, about your personal, you know, your personality and, and the absolute insane things that you're rambling off or the fact that you have now gone to the left of Ron DeSantis. You are now a left leaning individual. And look, I, I get I get why he thinks he's got it in the bag and everything. And I, and I get that Trump is still very popular and stuff like that. But that that is incredible arrogance on Trump's part and anybody in the MAGA forever crowd who believe that he can't be primaried. So I just I, I have I have a simple question here. If he is primary and he doesn't win the nomination, was the election stolen from him? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you know, we can we can talk about Gavin Wax and all these other people, right? Uh, right. Raheem Kassam, um, all these other people just going absolutely insane. Um I mean, you know, ha, he doesn't even know how to pronounce his own name and he changes pronunciation of his name or, you know, oh, he just looks like a bumbling idiot or whatever. It, it, it's just all insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, but with that being said, Pat, um, I'm going to get into my uh, worst take of the week. And it actually is Donald Trump as well. And it's from an interview that he did at WHO in Des Moines. And by the way, that the event that he spoke at that you that's in Grimes, Iowa, which is the northwestern suburb. It's like as far into the suburbs as you can get of Des Moines if you want your geography lesson uh, for Iowa. But um, this is my worst take because here he is talking about the debt ceiling limit. It really is. There's a lot going on in our country, and there's a lot of things we need to discuss. Um, The debt ceiling has just passed. I think it's a horrible deal, but I don't know what you think. What do you think? Well, it is what it is. It was going to pass. Mm -hmm. They had plenty of votes, and and then we'll get it done permanently and properly. Now, you can say that the last, like, three or four seconds might have been somewhat edited, but... The point of the matter is this. He's asked a direct question about the awfulness of that debt ceiling deal. And his answer is, it is what it is. What happened to the guy that said, I'm going to reduce the national debt? He's, what happened a, to that it's a lie. It is a lie. It, it was a lie. He said he would do it in six months, right? Yeah, why did he? Pretty sure we have the tape on that. Uh, We don't have it in front of us, but that tape exists. He said it on a debate stage, multiple times, by the way. That that you can go down the list of all of his 2016 campaign promises, and 90 percent of them never happened. 90, maybe even 95 percent, never happened. Look, do I expect everything on the campaign trail and the promises made to voters to be enacted? All of them. No, but is it too much to ask for like 30%, 40%, 
If you're not batting 40%, if you're if you're not even in the 300 range, I would suggest you're doing it wrong as your president. Well, and someone that claims to be fiscally conservative, you would think that, that would be He's one of the things. He's never been fiscally conservative a day in his life, but hey. I, I'm, I'm aware, but I'm just saying, if, if you're going to claim that, do it. Otherwise, don't claim it. It, it. Here's the deal. It is what it is. What? No, I don't accept that. No, it's that. not. Yeah. No, it's not. What is that signal? Because here's the deal, Pat. This is the same man who literally um, got on the phone while everybody was on the, the House floor with the whole deadlock situation, you know, gridlock situation with Kevin McCarthy and the speakership, right? He's on the phone whipping up votes for Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy produced this. If Donald Trump cared about the debt ceiling limit increase deal, if Donald Trump cared about getting a good deal, right? The art of the deal. He's all about that, right? He's that's right. that's his shtick. That is his thing that he hangs his hat on. I can make a deal. And you can argue that he made some deals that were good during his presidency, especially on foreign policy, right? Now right. some that were bad as well, but more good than bad. You're never going to be perfect. Could he or could he not have gotten on the phone and whipped up the votes or whipped up Kevin McCarthy? Hey, Kevin, I got you the speakership. Deliver. Stand strong or find a path forward. Because here's the rub on all of this. It's got to pass the Senate. Actually, no, it doesn't. It has to pass you first. Right. And then right. and then if the Senate decides to pass something completely different, that's up to them. And then you go into a reconciliation process and you figure it the F out. But you gave up ninety nine percent for a one percent when could you have gotten, I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty percent of what you wanted in in a deal? Yeah, you could have. But notice how Donald Trump didn't whip Kevin McCarthy, didn't go and attempt to use his power to to say no we're we're not taking this deal this is a bad deal right no that's his way of saying yeah i agree it is, is what it is from a presidential candidate mm -hmm. it is what it is I now I if i'm ron DeSantis, by the way this is also why this is the worst take i am using that every single day every single day i am attacking that position because that is his position on the debt ceiling limit increase. It is what it is. Well, what are you saying? You would have made a better deal? Okay, if that is the if that's the case, Mr. President, right? If that is the case, Donald Trump, right? Riddle me why you didn't use your bully pulpit that you used to get Kevin McCarthy's speakership for to squeeze him for a better deal. Why didn't you do it? What's the answer to that? You didn't have one, I guarantee it. Exactly. And right. and then my 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 ultimate point here, though, is for for someone that uh, claimed to uh, drain the swamp or wanted to drain the swamp, he certainly has embraced the swamp monsters like Kevin McCarthy.
because and he is one that. of them. He always has been a swamp monster. That is who Donald Trump is at his core. Now, you can make an argument. It takes a swamp monster to know a swamp monster and to eradicate that. But, you know, I, I, the other part of this is he is literally handing Ron DeSantis every right talking point humanly possible on the campaign trail right now. He Name one thing that he is to the right of Ron DeSantis on. Name one. I can't. And he's doing it to himself. The greatest example of this, Pat, is this talk of I'm going to drain the swamp and I'm going to clear out the uh, the woke cultures in our bureaucracies. Right. I'm going to do that. That's what his talking point is. Right. Ron, uh, not Ron, but Donald Trump is talking that. Right. I'm going to clean it up. Ron DeSantis says I will be able to work and fix this within six months. Do I believe that that will be true? I don't know. Um, I highly doubt it. I I think that's a little naive. Could I see a year, maybe two years? Yeah, I could see that. But could he make a significant dent in six months? Sure. Depending on what kind of power exists outside of the executive branch, by the way. Because it's going to take the legislative branch, a.k.a. Kevin McCarthy and all of those people, to take back their power to not insert into every bill broad power back to the unelected bureaucrats in whatever agency, right? It's literally fill in the blank with whatever you would like to do. Here's your money. Do what you want with it, right? That's what we get with every bill. It's going to take that plus executive power. But the great attack, okay, that's fine that you say that, but you said that what, eight years ago, seven years ago, right? You said that. You said that going into 2016, that you would drain the swamp, right? That was one of the top three things that you talked about. You just got steamrolled by the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the DHS, border, uh, all that, right? You got steamrolled. You are in the process of being literally under indictment in multiple states by that very swamp, right? Whether rightly, wrongly, or anywhere in between, it don't matter. You're being steamrolled. So what does Ron DeSantis say? I'm saying that I want to do it in six months. He had four years, and he didn't do it. So why are you making this promise again, right? It's a fair point. It's a fair fight. It's a fair and really easy attack to make. You've had an opportunity to do it, and you didn't. And you're living proof of that not working. And more importantly, has Ron DeSantis shown in the state of Florida the ability to take on the bureaucracy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, look at what he's done with the, the new college of Florida, right? Look at what he did with um, the Surgeon General. Look at what he's done with local government, right? Attempting to usurp state power in places where state power trumps local power. He's done it time after time after time after time, right? Removing DAs that were anti-law enforcement. And by anti-law enforcement, I mean literally not enforcing the law in, on any sort of crime that they just deemed they didn't want to uh, prosecute. 
yeah, bye-bye. You're gone. I'm replacing you. You're impeached. See you later. Right? He, time after time after time, has the goods. And that's the problem with Donald Trump is the rhetoric versus the reality of what he did. And, and I think I think at the end of the day, I think for, for both of us, you know, to be very clear, I'm I'm not endorsing Ron DeSantis no. or anything like that, and, and neither neither is Andrew. Okay. Um, I'm certainly not endorsing Donald Trump at this point. I, if anything, I'm an undecided voter at this point. I, I I'm open to hearing a lot of people out, but I am sick and tired of the gaslighting that comes from Donald Trump and the MAGA Forever crowd when we're yeah. supposed to be on the same side, first of all, and we're not. Yeah, so speaking of that, Pat, I think it's a great time for us to get into a brand new Richard of the Week. Are you ready? Oh, let's do it. All right. And with that, Pat, our four nominees for Richard of the Week this week are... Well, we're going to have Joseph Marionette Biden. By the way, we hope he's okay. Um, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Yes, yes, he did. I was about to mention this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is not what he's nominated for Richard of the Week for, but uh, yes, we do hope he's okay. We also hope that he resigns as president because clearly he's he not okay. To. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Um, but he's been nominated for Richard of the Week for the uh, debt ceiling crap and... I'm sure there was other things that we could potentially nominate him for earlier this week as well. But anyway, we also have Kevin McCarthy for the debt ceiling crap. We also have Donald Trump for the debt ceiling crap, the, the stuff that he said on, on the radio program that you just laid out, the things that he said about Ron DeSantis. We, I mean, we, we could point to lots of different things here with Donald Trump um, from, from this week. Uh, and then you have Laura Loomer. And multiple others, by the way. But but she's the tip of the spear of this one. Uh, it, yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming this because um, she's calling Casey DeSantis didn't have cancer? Her, Raheem or Raseem Kasami or whatever the hell. Whatever is the hell. Weird. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, his cosplaying as MAGA forever ass yeah uh-huh. to grift and and make money look i'm not saying there are not grifters on the ron DeSantis side of things either right i'm not saying there are not grifters in the libertarian party either by the way there's grifters everywhere because where grifts can happen grifters will grift however if you are tweeting out promulgating this absolutely asinine, insane idea that Casey DeSantis didn't have cancer and just uses it for sympathy. You're an asshat. Yeah. And you deserve to never be taken seriously on anything ever again. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're the lowest form of scum. If you are promulgating this crap, whoa, whoa, there's release her records. No, she doesn't have to. No, she doesn't Don't have bleep to. yourself. Yeah. And for that, Pat, that's my winner. Uh, Laura Loomer and yeah. every one of her ilk 
that went down the road of Casey DeSantis never had cancer. Had it, had it not been for this, it would have been Donald Trump for me by far. Because here's <laughs> here's the thing. Joe Biden and Kevin McCarthy, when it came to the whole debt ceiling thing, we always knew they were going to do this. Yep, It's still Richard-like, yep. but we always knew that this was going to happen with both of them. Trust, but verify. And in this case, when it comes to Kevin McCarthy, the GOP, when they're in power and positions of leadership, distrust and verify. <laughs> you have to right. unfortunately start from the position of, I don't trust you as far as I could throw you. And, and prove then me wrong. prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of, I'm going to start from a position of trust, and then I'm going to verify that my trust was correct. Speaking of trust, but verify on, on, on this topic, maybe we get into this next week, but uh, just, just a quick question here. Do you think the uh, House Republicans that that held out against Kevin McCarthy when he was elected speaker will uh, enforce the rules and have him removed as speaker? I think you're going to see a very serious conversation happen. Whether or not they're – see, because you can't just do it to do it. Right. I agree. Right? You can't just put on a show, right? Because at the end of the day, this is politics, and this is political theater, right? So can you extract something out of this is going to be my bigger question. What's going on behind the scenes in which the Chip Roy's and the the – Nancy Maces and and the people who voted no, right? What are they going to be able to extract out of this? And if if the answer is go bleep yourself, then the answer from them is watch this, right? Because as we are entering, what is people are going to start paying attention in three, four, five months, really, to what's been going on, right? I think you have to wait out summer. So what I would do is strategically say, okay, well, here's the deal. We're going to attempt to work with Kevin McCarthy to understand why he did what he did. And we're going to work to make sure that um, our caucus and our GOP team is on board with everything going forward. We're going to work. We're going to do the work behind the scenes. We're going to make sure that we get a better deal next time or whatever language you want to use. But in your back pocket, you wait until maybe September, maybe October, right? Right after that that recess, right? That September recess that happens. And then you come back and you say, guess what? No confidence, man. No confidence. And you work behind the scenes with people who might have been in the, we need to give him the speakership and we because we're going to get something out of this, right? You need to get them on board with see you later. I got 20 bucks on that. That never happens. Yeah, I got 20. I, I would put, I would put my life savings on <laughs> it, the never going to be able to remove him from the speakership. Absolutely. Mm. Because what Kevin McCarthy knew is, Hey, yeah, go ahead. You can look like a moron by bringing it up. Right. Who, who's going to look better in that situation? Me or you? Are you looking like the fringe moron or are you looking like uh, a coalition that's going to showcase some power? And maybe they get 80, 90 votes. Will the Democrats all vote against Kevin McCarthy? 
Absolutely they would, right? Mm-hmm. Or would they strategically say, yeah, no, he's giving us everything that we want, so we're just going to vote him back in. Although none of them did that to end the deadlock, right? To get Kevin McCarthy the speakership to begin with, right? They just kept voting Hakeem Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, who was just god-awful, by the way. He is just terrible. But anyway, I think it is time for us to move forward. Your best take of the week, Pat. I'm going to go with mine first, though, so we can uh, move forward. My best take of the week comes from OutKick, and it has to deal with uh, the Sam Ponder biology is not bigotry moment. And by the way, I'm going to talk about that afterwards. But, you know, Nicole Arbor, um, Sarah Spain, other women sports people decided to go after her for daring to say that women belong in women's sports and women only. How dare she? I want you to hear how other people stand up for Sam Ponder. I don't see a lot of explanation from Nancy. It's just an attack on Sam Ponder because how dare Sam Ponder take up this fight and this argument and not go after these other issues with women's sports. Some of which some of which she brings up are fair points about women's sports being at a disadvantage overall. And Nancy has a problem with Sam Ponder caring about this issue and not speaking out against the other ones without offering a solution to this issue or even saying that Sam Ponder is really wrong, just hinting at Sam Ponder's bigotry being at play. This is all a cloak for bigotry. No, no, it's not. You can't try to get into the intention of what someone is saying. You have to weigh the merits of what they're saying. What Sam Ponder's saying, what I'm saying, what Hutton's saying, what virtually all of America is saying is that it is unfair for biological males to move over from men's or boys' sports and go into women's and girls' sports and start winning trophies in those sports. It's a very cut-and-dry argument. It does threaten women's and girls' sports if this continues to happen. And guess what's happening? It's continuing to happen regardless of motivation or intent. I love that take. And it comes from a, a place of here's reality versus your subjective. Again, it's objective reality versus subjective reality. Moi feels versus, okay, but that doesn't matter when it comes to how do you, how do you justify men dominating an event in which girls have no opportunity to win? None from the get-go. They step on that field or on that track or onto that platform. They ain't winning. They know going in, the game is up, right? The race is up. How, whatever. And oh, by the way, that, that individual's finishing 400th and whatever in the country at that event in the men's side of things. So they're going over to the women's side because they, they want to feel, again, that subjective reality. They want to feel like they're an accomplished athlete. Have you accomplished anything when you beat people that you are physically superior to the second you walk onto that thing? Do you feel accomplished? It would. I, I ask this. It, th- I say this all the time. Would you accept a 25-year-old NFL player, right? a guy that's on the fringe, right? a practice squad player who has never made a game day roster, going and then playing high school football? And winning them a, a state championship, would you ever accept that? No. Why? Because there's physical differences. There's, you know, all the sorts training. of differences. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, age, age isn't sex. Right. And biological sex isn't gender. Gender is language. It's linguistic. And you deciding to make it sex doesn't make it so. So I love that take, uh, mainly because it's, hey, you know, you're not even dealing with the, the merits of an argument. You're attempting to argue from emotionality. And it does, doesn't work. But I also have this to say, Pat, uh, because I couldn't choose. Okay. I, I thought there were a couple of really good takes this week, and I needed to highlight them both. And this take comes from Ben Shapiro, and it breaks down why taking on the gender war, if you will, or taking on the pride situation matters during quote unquote pride month. Ben Shapiro had this to say, Pat, any society that isn't normatively based on heterosexual family formation is definitionally doomed to collapse. Pretending that society ought to be apathetic about such matters or even worse, condemnatory of the presence of traditional norms is civil uh, is civil civilizationally suicidal. He continues saying that doesn't mean that we ought to be cruel to those who don't fit the norm. We shouldn't. But celebrating pride in violation of core norms means destroying those norms. That's the entire point of the exercise. And with those norms goes a durable society. Pride cometh before the fall. That's part and parcel of this, but here's the reality, right? If we are to believe in that that subjective gender ideology and gender theory BS, right? If we are to accept the premise, our society won't exist. We're already seeing the fruits of that labor, by the way, with the absolute decline in birth rates in this country, the absolute decline in families in this country. Now, look, my wife and I, we don't have children, right? There are many things that have contributed to that. Sometimes that happens in life, and you have to wrestle with that. But that doesn't mean that I don't support having a family. That, that's dumb. But beyond that, Pat, from a pure biological perspective, an ecological perspective, if you will, let's take a look at species all over this world. When something biological goes wrong, right, when procreation can't happen in large swaths or doesn't happen outside of alternative medicine, if you will, right, if trans men are impregnating trans women, nobody gets pregnant. There is no furtherance of our society because it can happen. We're talking about a dude attempting to impregnate a dude. That doesn't work. It never has. It never will. Furthermore, let's look at the panda population, right? Why is it having problems? It's having problems because it is having problems genetically procreating. And oh, by the way, when we are attempting to do this in the civilized world, we still have massive problems, right? It's almost as if biology is telling us that there might be a time limit for some of these species. 
right? As those species evolve and, and things um, take hold. Has mankind contributed to some of it? Absolutely. Absolutely it has. But if we don't pay attention to biology, we're screwed. We will cease to exist on this earth if we don't repent and turn towards God's promise to us all. The original Adam and Eve, right? The original procreation in this society. If we don't return to our natural, normative reason for sex, it ain't pleasure, by the way. It is procreation. Is it pleasurable? Yeah, sure. But that's not the point. It never has been. It never will be. It never should be. So I think this is a great example. I think this was such a great, great take by Ben Shapiro. We won't exist as a society if the norm of procreation isn't the norm anymore. And we're already seeing it. We see it in Europe, right, where it's become more secular, more pleasure-based, more everything else, right, where family is de-emphasized and some people look down on it in large swaths over there. Look at its decline of religion. Look at what's going on in Germany, the schism that is existing in the uh, Catholic Church in Germany, in which part of it wants to accept unnatural things because we need more butts in the seats. There's another way in which you can get more butts in the seats. It's to uh, have a family, right? If you can, if God's going to allow that in your life. What are we doing? We are literally killing ourselves. We are killing our species. If you you just want to look at it from a pure science-based perspective, we are killing our species. Not the environment, not overcrowding, not living in cities. We're making conscious decisions that will kill our species. We are deciding that reality doesn't exist. And whatever. No. I I just boggles my mind. So say what say you, Pat? I, I would argue that this is one of Ben Shapiro's best takes that he's had in a while. Yeah, probably since facts don't care about your feelings, honestly. Yeah. This, All right, with that, Pat, uh, your worst of the week. You want to set it up, or do you want me just to play? My best of the week. Oh, yeah, your best of the week. Duh. Yeah. Woof. You want me to play it? Um. Well, so my, my best of the week, you know, for as much as we ragged on Donald Trump, he actually did do something or said something somewhat right here. Uh, um, and just go ahead and play the clip and we'll, we'll talk about it. He's at the Air Force Academy. He actually fell down. Well, I hope he wasn't hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt. But it's the whole thing is, look, the whole thing is crazy. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that because you don't you don't want that. Even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, you got to tip. Even if you have to tiptoe down the ramp. Okay, so this is my best take for, for two reasons. One, he handled it, I think, 
completely the right way. Like, like obviously, yeah. you know, we don't want to see the president hurt. We don't want to see him, you know, incapacitated and, and having these, these fall issues. We don't want to see that. We don't. We, mm-hmm. in fact, I, I, I hope and pray that, that he's okay. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Trump said the right thing there, but then at the very end makes kind of a mockery of it because we've been saying for how long that this, this president is physically not capable of leading this country and mentally, Yep. but mm-hmm. he, he makes a mockery of it. He, that, that is, that is the mockery, ridicule and scorn that we have talked about when it comes to making them on their crap. And mm-hmm. that, that, that was a great way of just poking some fun. That was yeah. a great way of handling it. Yeah, it was a great way of handling it with some humility and humor for the first time in his life. Um, both of those in the same breath. But yeah, I agree. I mean, we have never wished ill on Joe Biden at all. We feel sorry for the fact that he is dealing with these significant issues in his life. And it's brutal. It's awful to watch this play out. You know, it would be like Michael J. Fox continuously reality TVing his decline into horrible horrible re- depths of his Parkinson's disease, right? Now, right. is there a difference between that and him periodically showing up to help um, showcase and, and build funding towards research and hopefully finding a solution? That, that, totally those are different. two different situations. Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening with Joe Biden. We are one, this is also the other part of this situation. We are one of these scenarios away from him significantly injuring himself to the point of incapacitation and that means Kamala bleeping Harris as president of the United States. No, thank you. No, thank you. I firmly believe that um, we might see the Democrats attempting to control this situation so that they can just, at the very end, suck them up, drop them somewhere else, and put somebody new in. Because they can do that. They can change the rules of the game. They can nominate whomever they want, however they want. Well, the primaries. So what happens if somebody dies? Do you just vote that person in because you're pledged to vote now? No, no. I firmly believe they're going to attempt to find that person that they want to plop in there and do it that way. I personally believe that. I, I really do. I just, unless something absolutely drastic happens here, but this is a man who is incapable of basic physical function on a large scale this isn't just a once in a great while thing i mean yeah i i will i will say this pat this this has happened in my own life i mean after i had my knee surgery right i had such a large amount of weakness that um one you know i had a large inability to control how my leg was moving right and i had an incident where i didn't see a shoe in front of me or i thought i was far enough away from it, but I didn't realize that my leg wasn't moving correctly. I tripped over the shoe and almost face planted. I had no control, none. It's a very scary feeling. It's very scary because what happened? Something very significant could have happened. I was literally stumbling and bumbling and I could have gone right in to a hardcore door. That would have been a problem. A very significant problem for me. I could have broke a neck. I could have done a lot of things. Now, thankfully, I was able to to steady myself with my hands and not fall. But 
That's a very real physical issue, and it happens on multiple occasions. He doesn't know where he's standing. He doesn't know where to exit a stage. And if he attempted to exit a stage in which there is no ramp, right, or no no steps, he's just going to fall right off of a, a platform that's 12, 6, 8 inches off the ground, right? That ain't good. I, this is this is not about, see, he's he's, I don't like his policies, and we're going to use, no. This is actually physically bad for America. And then you add in the mental incapacitation. What are we doing, folks? And people will just blindly vote this man in, period. Because they hate the other side, too. Right. With that, folks, your final words here, Mr. Padoni, for the week that was. Uh, don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And this last week can burn in hell. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.